For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm really excited about today's show because today I'm doing something different. Today happens to be the five-year birthday of this podcast. Yes, five years ago, this podcast was born. It was one day old, and now we are five. We have our walking legs, and we are just beginning to figure this thing out five years into this journey. So I am going to transition over to an interview where my good friend Mark Mason interviews me and talks about some of the bumps some of the pitfalls along the way of growing Social Media Examiner. And if you have any desire to lead a team or to become an entrepreneur, it's my hope that you will find great value in today's reverse interview. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. With that, let's transition over to that right now. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by my good friend, Mark Mason. If you don't know who he is, he's the host of the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast, a podcast that's been around since 2009. Yes, he's been around for a long, long time. You can find him over at latenightim.com. Uh, give you a little backstory on how we've got to this moment. First of all, Mark and I have been in a mastermind group for many, many years, and he's excellent, as you're going to hear today. But what we're going to do today is he's actually going to interview me. And the reason he's interviewing me is because I'm celebrating the five-year anniversary of this podcast. And I was thinking about doing a solo show, but I thought to myself, there's nobody better than Mark to really draw things out of me and to create a really awesome dialogue that you guys would enjoy. And the, the kind of direction we're going in today's show really was spawned by me asking on Facebook, what do you all want me to talk about? And so many of you said, we'd love to hear your story about how you got started. We'd love to learn about some of the pitfalls you faced along the way and how you overcame your failures. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And with that, I'm going to pass the microphone over to Mark and Mark is going to be interviewing me this week. How you doing, Mark? I am absolutely fantastic, Mike, and I, I couldn't be more excited to be here, uh, especially for this, because I feel like, you know, you and I have been friends for a long time, and I, I feel like I'm in a really good position to deliver this for your audience, so I'm, I'm really excited. Awesome. So, uh, you know, I, when you approached me with this, I thought uh, back to times when I've, when you've come up in conversation, and I, I really do think that a lot of times when I talk 
to people about you or when you come up in conversation, there are a lot of things that people just don't know about you. And I think the, the one thing that is the most surprising to people is that this whole thing, this amazing magical thing with Social Media Examiner and this podcast and all the success that you've had, it's not your first rodeo, right? No, it's not. Things really got very exciting for you with in the white paper space. Can, can you even tell us what a white paper is and, and kind of a little bit of backstory of how you got started doing that? Yeah, it's a great question. I Before Social Media Examiner, I was known as a writer. And I wrote a book called Writing White Papers. And I helped a lot of out-of-work journalists figure out how to go from writing for you know magazines and newspapers to actually writing for businesses. And a white paper, if you think of an ebook, it's kind of like the ebook is the sister of the white paper. The job of a white paper really is to help persuade and educate kind of in one. And it's used by any business that has very expensive or very complex things. So for example, you know, Texas Instrument, I would imagine, has bazillions of white papers and lots of other big brands. And I was the guy that these big corporations would hire to come in and talk to their engineering departments and then and the sales departments and translate that kind of foreign language, if you will, into something a customer could understand. It's interesting to me because one of the things that you specifically said in there, I mean, you talked a lot about white papers, but the, the word, the verb that you used about what that business was about was about helping writers. And I, you know, one of the things that I've noticed a lot in, in our interactions together over the years has been you're always all about helping people. Can you comment on that a little bit? I mean, how important a, how, how important a piece of that is in your entrepreneurial heart? How, how big a piece is the helping piece? Well, I definitely try to make sure that whatever we do is going to help the most amount of people um, in, in a way that doesn't take a huge strain on me personally. So if you think about Social Media Examiner, and you think about all the people that read Social Media Examiner or listen to the podcast, I'm creating materials that are highly scalable, but can have a big impact on people's lives. And um, I learned a long time ago, because I've been doing this for a long time, this entrepreneurial game is that there's only so much of Mike Stelzner to go around. So, But I do want to have an impact and, and helping people is, is a big part of what I do for sure. Yeah. In fact, to the tune of tens of millions, right? So my recollection, and you can help me with these numbers, it's more than 10 million downloads of this podcast and 60 million or something like that readers of Social Media Examiner. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. That's that's hard to imagine. And of course, all that happened overnight, right? Because you're just, you <laughs> just started this entrepreneurial journey like a week ago and it all happened overnight. You're an overnight success, right? No, actually I'm not. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. Like I, first of all, when I got started with Social Media Examiner back in 2009, I felt like I was really late to the social media game, which a lot of people are like saying they feel like they're really late today. But, you know, no, I'm not an overnight success. You know, what I tell a lot of people is, you know, I've bridged between many different businesses. I started out as a, uh, back in the 90s, as a uh, creative agency. And back then we were doing things like designing websites, which was novel, you know, or we were helping people design annual reports or trade show booth displays or even corporate logos. And when I transitioned from being a art director and creative kind of person into becoming a writer, 
um, that was a huge transition where I stopped working with designers and started just working to write stuff. And the skill that was my bridge skill then was really asking lots of questions and trying to understand things and then communicate things in a way that everyone could understand them. And that was a perfect bridge over to social media as well, because when I started Social Media Examiner, I think my secret skill, if you will, wasn't that I knew anything about social because I knew nothing about social. It was instead that I could, I could discern people who knew things and then I could extract from them the stuff that they knew and convey that to my audience. So, so I guess the, you know, no matter what you do, if you can figure out what your little skill set is that can allow you to bridge into a new space, then you can be really successful. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I don't want to sound like too much of a fanboy here, but you know, I was trying to kind of catalog in my head what your secret skills are. I think there's more than one. Certainly the one that you articulated is absolutely clear, but that this graphics experience you have and all the copywriting experience you have, you've also written a couple of books, right? So you're a, you're a, an accomplished writer. Um, you know, all of these things have come together in a way that that's really impressive. And I think when people look at you, they look at this guy, this Michael Stelzner guy is a guy well, this guy's got it all together. He's got this multi-million dollar enterprise and it must be easy for him. Would you categorize your journey, your 21 year entrepreneurial journey as easy? Well, let's put it this way. I got a lot more gray hair than I did just a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I just, you know, I, I have some friends who haven't seen me in a couple of years and I, and I said to them, I look a lot more gray, don't I? I would say, no, it's not easy. It's never easy. And I think anybody that tells you building something that, that could change the world, which is what I'm trying to do here is easy, I think is basically just, um, you know, lying to you. But at the same time, if I knew how hard it was going to be, I probably would have never started. Um, I, I kind of, think that if it was easy, I would have been bored and I would have moved along to the next thing. I think one of the things that I like is a challenge. I like solving puzzles. And you know this about me, Mark. So um, as long as there's a constant challenge, I feel like I feel like I'm in a good spot. But I'm not one of these kind of guys that wants to build a system that once I figure out the system, then I can just sit back and retire on a beach somewhere and drink martinis or whatever, pina coladas. You know, I'm the kind of guy that I just want to keep figuring out a way to push the envelope and push the envelope and figure out ways to be better and better because I think it's just how I'm built. Yeah, I think that's how you are built too. And I, I do see the puzzle solving thing about you. And I, one of the, uh, you know, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about you if they don't interact directly with you is your ability to speak truth, even when it's not exactly the the easiest thing to say. And we're going to we're going to talk about that. I mean, I want to talk about a lot of these things. But one of the things I heard a story one time about you from the very beginning about how you this dream that you had. And can you tell that? Do you know the story I'm talking about? Can you tell the story about, you know, the dream with the room and all that? Do you remember that? Yeah. When I was in college, I was um I was involved a lot with student government kind of stuff. And I had this dream that I was in I was in some sort of room and there was like a hundred or a couple hundred people congratulating me on my success. And it was a dream that I had back when I was like maybe twenty years old. And now I'm 49 years old. And I will tell you that that dream um, never happened for a good 25 years. And I just thought to myself, huh, 
I guess that dream was just one of those random dreams because I, while I've always had certain levels of success, I've never been the kind of guy that just all of a sudden overnight, something smashingly amazing happened and everybody wanted to be around me and celebrate me. It's always been like, I've always been the tortoise, Mark. I've never been the hare. You know, I've always been the guy that's just been the slow climb up the mountain, um, tackling the next thing. And it's so slow sometimes that I don't even realize how far I've come. Um, but I did finally have that dream come true a couple years ago. And it was at that moment that I realized that it happened. And where it was is I was at Social Media Marketing World and I was surrounded by a bunch of speakers. And I think it might've been the second year that we had done Social Media Marketing World. So it was probably 2014. And they were all congratulating me on what I had built with Social Media Marketing World. And I realized, wow, it only took me like, 27 years for that dream to come true. But, and it was a lot of hard work. And I'll tell you, it wasn't like having that congratulations was really important for me. It was just kind of like I had this dream and it finally happened. Have you ever had anything like that happen? Yeah. I mean, I've had a long career in, in a non-marketing related industry, as you know, I'm a side gig guy, but yeah, I, I, I know what those things feel like. And I guess, you know, what impresses me about that story is just the the length of time. Again, it's not an overnight thing, but it, it's a vision that you had out there that really that really came. And I was there in 2014. Uh, the social media marketing world is an amazing thing, and really, it's an amazing thing that almost didn't happen. Right? I mean, here it is. It's social media marketing world is the biggest most important social media conference on the entire planet Earth, and it almost didn't happen. Can you tell us a little bit about how that almost didn't happen? This is one of those stories that I want everybody to pay attention to because so many of us in our lives face kind of a a fork in the road where we have to make a decision to go one way or to go another way, and our entire future could ride on making that kind of decision. The story was that I was at content marketing world put on my, by my good friend, Joe Polizzi. And I looked at how calm he was. And this was the very first year that he did it. I think it was 2012 or something. Yeah. 2011. And I was shocked at how calm he was. And I said, how in the world did you do this? And he told me that there are people that are, you know, operations, logistics experts that you can hire to, to do all the crazy behind the scenes things that go into building a conference. So all of a sudden it lit kind of a fire inside of me and I wanted to do a conference. And what ended up happening was I talked to a lot of my friends who were putting on conferences and some of them said, go for it. And some of them said, don't go for it. You don't have any idea how much, how hard it is. You'll fail. And in reality, what you should do is instead partner with us. The challenge I faced was I began to immediately sense that some of my friends in some of the event space, which I will not mention, really saw this as a huge threat, that if I started a conference, I was potentially going to put them out of business. And they wanted to partner with me. They wanted to do things with me. But I knew deep down that they were not for me because the reason I wanted to start an event was exactly because everybody else didn't do it right, in my opinion. And I was at this difficult point in the road where I had to decide, do I not do an event to keep some of my friends happy or do I do an event and potentially lose a friend? 
And that's a very difficult place to be in. And I actually, Mark, you may not know this, but I actually, out of out of desire to want to satisfy or placate my friends slash allies, I agreed to not do the event for a full year just to prove to them that I um, was, was a friend that was worth keeping. It, I kind of describe it like this. I felt like I was a guy on like Survivor, you know, who had an immunity idol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I gave up the immunity idol and then I got voted off the island. You know, that's what I feel like. So I literally waited an entire year to, to prove my allegiance to these quote unquote friends. And, and then I finally decided, you know what, I'm not going to do the event with them. I'm going to do the event on my own. And I will tell you that, um, it turns out that that those friends are no longer friends and their event no longer exists. Now, I don't think I was the one that put them out of business. I think they put themselves out of business, but you know, it was a very difficult lesson for me, but I knew I needed to do it. And I know in hindsight, I did the right thing because literally thousands upon thousands of people's lives have been changed because I decided to move forward and do what I knew was the right thing, even though I knew it might burn a bridge with somebody who's an ally. And that was a very difficult, you know, but I know right decision that I needed to make. Any comments on that? Well, I think it's the magnitude of the decision. Uh, This is one of the things that I observe that you're also really good at is making these big decisions because to put this in context, I mean, you already had an incredibly successful thing out there, a thing that would be big enough for most people and which was called social media examiner. In fact, for, for listeners who want to understand about the start of social media examiner, I think it's episode 227, as I recall it, it's, that would be socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash 227, right, Mike? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that story from going from the blog to the conference, if you want more story backstory on that, that's an excellent episode to go back and get. But what amazes me is your ability to do these pivots. You know, you've got the blog, you pivot to the conference, and in in this case, you didn't leave the com- you didn't leave the blog behind. There's there there's this this big symbiosis there. There are other projects though that you've done where you you did try new things and then and invest money and kill them. I, kind of a necessary endings thing. Can you comment on maybe a little bit on the philosophy that philosophy mm-hmm. that sometimes you just have to kill stuff? And then the second thing I want to talk about is the specific example of that, which is the My Kids Adventures project. Well, Dr. Henry Cloud, uh, and by the way, he has a great book called Necessary Endings, which I read long after I learned that I've been doing a lot of this. In the book, he talks about this concept of a rose bush. And the idea is that if a rose bush is growing out in the wild, it generates more roses than it could possibly handle. And as a result, it's taking the energy from the rose bush to feed all the roses. And none of them really become all that they could be until someone comes along and prunes the bush and cuts off the branches, if you will, that are no longer generating the type of, of, of fruit, if you will, or roses or output that are necessary, and then allowing the lifeblood of the tree to kind of refocus on the areas that matter. And anybody that knows anything about me knows that I kill things constantly. I mean, just this year, we made the decision to kill our, our online conference that had been going on for nine years called Social Media Success Summit. 
so that we could completely focus on social media marketing world. So one of the biggest things that I ever did um, that was that I ended up killing was what I called my three hundred thousand dollar mistake. And you can you can hear the whole story at socialmediaexaminer.com slash one two five, which is episode one twenty five. But the the simple idea was I thought that I was going to be the next Walt Disney. And I had this great aspiration to build something that could become huge and, and way bigger than anything I'd ever done with Social Media Examiner. I, I knew that the consumer space and particularly the kid space was way bigger than the social media marketing space, which is a B2B industry. And I just thought to myself, what if I build a blog called mykidsadventures.com, which by the way still exists. Um, and what if on top of that, I build a podcast called Parenting Adventures, which you can find. And what if I build this thing and monetize it in such a way that it becomes something huge and then eventually I could build out regionalized theme parks and I had these crazy ideas. Uh, A year into it, I realized a couple things. First of all, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to monetize it in the way that I thought I was and one of my big learning lessons was make sure you got your business model figured out before you start. I'd made multiple employee hires and invested just tons of money into building this thing. The second thing that I realized is that Social Media Examiner was becoming more complex and more products and 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 it was my big thing. And I became a house divided. You know, I was like like my side project, the My Kids Adventures thing, was something that I was throwing more and more of my time and my resources into. And I made the decision after a year to just shut the whole thing down and to not necessarily let anybody go, but to kind of absorb them into Social Media Examiner. Now, I learned a lot of lessons along the way, which I document in that, in that uh, episode 125 of the podcast. But the one thing that I've learned and that I continue to do is, is to come up with a stopping list, to constantly ask ourselves, why are we doing what we're doing and what can we cut, what can we stop so that we can refocus the energy of ourselves or this company into building something bigger and bigger and better. And that was definitely one of my turning points you know, in my personal life and in my professional career. So, you know, it's, it's ultimately with you, what I see all the time is the, the ability to overcome what, you know, people would consider. I think a lot of people would just consider that just adversity, right? There's just this adversity. And I see this a lot of times in people that I coach and pushing through that adversity is, is a real challenge sometimes. And ending things is one way to really move forward. You know, you stop this thing like my kids adventures and move forward to the next thing, you know, based on a carefully considered strategic decision. But other kinds of adversity aren't like that. I, you know, you've got this company, you can talk a little bit about maybe the the leadership that you're providing, uh, the social media examiner uh, employees and how big that's gotten. But you guys ran across some serious diversity with with Cindy. You want to talk a little bit about that and and how as a leader uh, that affected you and and how you pushed through that whole situation? Yeah, um, the very when I started Social Media Examiner, it was just me and it was uh, a volunteer named Cindy King. And eventually, Cindy King became more than a volunteer. She became a key part of our editorial team, and then ultimately a director in the company and the director of editorial. And uh, a few years back, she got cancer and then she ultimately died. And she never really told us how bad it was. Um, So we always thought that it was something that she was going to overcome. So I really didn't have the, I didn't, I wasn't in a place where I was prepared for the day when I got, 
the call that said she's only going to be with us for a few more days and then she's gone. And that nobody ever wants to deal with that in their personal life or in their business life. But that was kind of a, a, a bit of a shock to the system of the entire company. And what I had to do was I had to kind of step in temporarily and kind of run things, you know, and then I had to very quickly get one of her employees and ask that person if they would step up and under my guidance and training become, you know, the head of the editorial team. And it just kind of started a series of, of learning experiences for us, Mark, because we realized, number one, we needed to have a lot of these processes that live inside people's heads clearly documented. And we needed everybody cross-trained. So I began immediately cross-training almost everybody in every single division, even on the stuff that I do, just in case something happens. Because you never know when something like that can happen. Because when you have the, the death of a key employee inside of your company, a lot of times when you're small, that pretty much can spell the end of the company. And um, so that was kind of a really a shocker and an eye-opener for us. And And now to this day, even though we're, you know, got a lot more people than we did back then. I'm constantly thinking about, all right, you know, uh, do, are all these processes documented? Do we have people that are cross-trained? And these are things, Mark, that I know in a big company like you work for, they, they do this kind of stuff all the time, but small businesses don't think about this stuff until it happens. Yeah. And, you know, and when it happens emotionally, it's, it's a difficult time to deal with it. I mean, deal, dealing with it ahead of time, definitely, is the kind of thing that you want to do. And, and I, you guys move past it so well. And, and I think, you know, you've done so many things that Cindy would have been excited about, including your fancy new office. And so let's talk about that a little bit. So social media examiner is continuing to grow and now you're, you're in some new digs and the future's bright. So how's, how's that going? And, and what's it, what's that like for you? Well, it's a funny story. We, uh, in the building that we're in right now, um, I said to my controller, you know, we need to find a space that's like three or four times bigger than what we have right now in order for us to grow. And, uh, where, where we are in Southern California, there's not a lot of space. And it turned out that, um, I happened to be walking down the hall in this multi-tenant building that I'm in and the largest suite inside this building was going to become available. And one of my neighbors down the way was interested in the suite, <laughs> And I wanted the sweet mark too. So it was a crazy story about how I, first of all, went to the landlord, said I wanted the suite. And then, but, but, but in my heart of hearts, I could not steal it from my neighbor who wanted it also. So I, I went to my neighbor and I said, Hey, I know that you want the suite and I want the suite. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you first right of refusal on that, on that beautiful suite upstairs. Um, and if you want it, it's all yours. And I'm willing to just wait around and try to find another space. But I explained to him why I wanted it and what I was trying to accomplish and stuff. And to, and I was pretty convinced it just wasn't going to happen. And then to my shock, he called me and he said, first of all, thank you. Uh, you know, it shows me that you're a really cool guy to even give me that chance to, you know, um, and be willing to just let it go. He said, I'll never forget this. But he said, it's all yours, my man. You can have it. <laughs> I rejoiced. <laughs> so we're up in this beautiful space now, and we've got room to grow. And uh, it's just really cool, man, because it's literally like one of the only spaces in all of the region that we're in right now that's available, and we got it. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a major upgrade from where we were before. 
Yeah, and it's exciting because growth is happening, right? So, you know, we've been spending the last almost half an hour now talking about the past, but which is exciting, right? I mean, it's an exciting 21-year story about this guy who has built something that impacts people and an industry every day, right? 60 million readers, uh, 111 million podcast downloads. You know, it's, it's a big thing. But it, it, it's, it pales in comparison to some of the things that are coming in the future. And I, I, I wanted to take just a second to, to brag on you. This is, you know, not a paid endorsement. But I've been to conferences all over the world, okay? I mean, I in my day job... Um, and in my internet marketing persona, I've been to conferences literally all over the world for the last 25 years. I've told you this many times that uh, social media marketing world is the best, most value-packed, best-run, most impactful conference that I've ever been to, and it's been that way every year. And it's gotten better since I started going in year two every year and next year, this next coming conference is going to be even better. And can you talk a little bit about what you have planned for for social media marketing world? Uh, I guess that'd be 2018 and what's going on there? Well, a lot of it is still um, not ready to talk about yet. But what I can tell you is that we're expecting to almost double in size um, in 2018 and almost double in size again in 2019. And one of the things that we're really excited about is we know we have, a, I'm, a, I'm an analytical guy. I have access to a lot of data. And what's really exciting is because we do this industry survey every year of 5,700 marketers, we, we really dig into the data that we release to the public in this report. And we're able to kind of see trends in there. And one of the things that we're really excited about is kind of the the lineup and the mix of content that we're going to be producing. But the big new thing, the biggest new thing that we've announced is that we are now expanding our tent to not just include social media marketers, but also to include creators and creators are bloggers, podcasters, live video producers and vloggers slash YouTubers. So we're really expanding the content lineup for those guys. And we actually have a far more economical option for all of them as well. And I can tell you, I can hint that we have some amazing, cool stuff that is going to blow people's minds. <laughs> yeah. That is not yeah. that stuff that you don't even know about, Mark. Because that's oh what, cause, wow, really? Because okay. that's because that's what we do every year. You know, we we try to really take it to the next level every single year. So, and this is part of the reason why at Social Media Examiner, I am constantly pushing my team to stop stuff because one of the things that I mentioned earlier is we stopped one of our most successful things ever, which is our online success summit, which had been going on for nine years straight. And and we, we're just constantly stopping things, Mark, because one of the things that I've learned about being an entrepreneur and a business guy is that the hardest thing in the world for people to do is to start things. And the reason why it's hard for people to start things is because they've got too many things that they're already doing. And you know this very well, Mark. And it's not until someone until you say to yourself, I need a stopping list that you can have a starting list. And to give you a simple analogy, one of my kids likes to download apps on her phone. And I tell her, you can get one new app for every two that you delete. <laughs> wow. And uh, it forces her to ask herself which apps she wants to get rid of. And if we think about 
our life and, and what we do and the things that we have habitualized or the things that we do because we've always done them. I always ask my team, why are you doing it? And if the answer is because we've always done it, that's when I tell them to call it into question. Why in the heck should we be doing this? And we are constantly stopping things at Social Media Examiner. And just to give you an example, um, we shut down a LinkedIn group with 35,000 people. I shut down our online summit. Obviously, I shut down my white paper business. Uh, We shut down this thing called the networking clubs, which was this huge endeavor we had on Social Media Examiner. And we are just constantly stopping things because, again, there's only so many people that we have on our team. And rather than go out and hire new people, we want to take the people we have and we want to optimize them. So that's why I'm a big fan of, of a stopping list. And that's the only way to start something. So whenever a creative idea comes across my desk from somebody on my team, I ask them, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up? Because the reality is that when we do too many things, Mark, we do nothing well. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean... Personally, uh, I am the poster child for uh, seven pounds, as we say down here in Texas, seven pounds of stuff in a in a five pound bag. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't always say stuff, but this is a family show, Mike. So I thought <laughs> I'd keep it I'd keep it clean for you. Um, so I understand exactly what you mean, and and quite frankly, and I, having been on the near the inside of some of these decisions that you made to stop things in the last four or five years, I, I was stunned a couple of times that when when we'd get on the phone and you'd say, I've made the decision to kill this blog or I've made the decision to kill this revenue stream. But then the thing that's impressive to me, and, and this is part of the, I think, uh, you know, this kind of create, maintain, analyze uh, cycle that you talk about, the, the reason... It's not like you're killing stuff willy-nilly and hoping for the best. These are strategic decisions. And I think, you know, there's a lot of emphasis that you've you've put on in this discussion about the need to stop things. And I, I, I think that's absolutely true. But can you talk a little bit about the need to, how you, what the reasoning is and how you, what the strategic analysis is that goes into that stopping? I mean, it's it's an opportunity cost thing, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I preach this all the time internally to a lot of the employees inside the company that there's really three parts to doing any job, the create side, the maintain side and the analyze side. And I think we're really all very good market maintaining, coasting, doing what we've always done. But I think most of us, frankly, suck at analyzing what we're doing and asking ourselves, um, why or how, or is it accomplishing what we want? And, and then of course, all of us struggle with creating new things. So the simple cycle that I've come up with is that we need to have this kind of fine tuned balance of creating, maintaining and analyzing. And if you think of it like a pie chart, um, I think that you should always have maybe 10% of your time creating new stuff and maybe 60% of your time maintaining new things. And then like 30% of your time analyzing. Now that that analysis and create bucket are going to ebb and flow depending on where you are and how far along the journey you are and whether you're in a position where you have a necessity or a need to to create something new because the old stuff isn't working anymore. But I think that I think that it's like a cycle. 
where you create, you maintain, and you analyze. And I think so many of us, when we start a project, we understand the, the benefit of creating things. And we understand the benefit of maintaining things. But we totally suck at analyzing things. So one of the things that I always tell people is like, you know, is it working? Um, is it as good as it was last year? If it's not, why? You know? And seriously, I tell people, spend eight hours on it. I don't care. You know, you're not spending enough time on it. Instead, what happens is a lot of times people just fill out a spreadsheet and they consider that an analysis, but that's not an analysis. That's maintenance. You know, filling out a spreadsheet and looking at it is not analysis. It's actually interpreting it and saying, what's the trend? What's the pattern? Why isn't this working? For example, we we do not publish evergreen content on any of our social channels anymore. So when we're promoting, we're, we're a media company and our job is to produce content that everyone loves and shares, but we only publish it one time and then we're done forever. Now, a lot of people might think that's absolutely nuts, but the reason we know is because we've analyzed things. We know that it's a complete waste of our staff's time to constantly push out um, over and over again the same content when in reality it does nothing for the business objectives of the company. So we've just decided to kill it. And Mark, I'm telling you, there may be a day where we will never, ever promote any of our content on social media at all because we analyze everything (laughs) and because we understand what's involved and we may just leave it up to our fans to, to share it. And these kind of things sound radical and they sound crazy, but they're not radical and crazy when you are constantly analyzing things and when you're coming up with creative ways to do things differently. And and it's funny because literally before this call, I was working with my uh, heads of the various divisions of the company because I'm going to be meeting with them all in a week. And I'm asking them, all right, what have we created that's new? And when we meet, I'm going to be preaching this very same message to them. You guys aren't creating enough. Why are you not creating enough? Because you're not letting go of things that are not working anymore, or you're not delegating to other people on your team. So this create, maintain, analyze thing is kind of my mantra that I'm going to be preaching for a long time. Who knows? Maybe someday I'll write a book on it. But I just think it's kind of like we all get stuck in the maintenance trail and we never get off of it. Okay, Mike. So speaking of necessary endings, we're kind of getting to the end of the time that we we can we we should take from your listeners and and I I think this has been a giant value bomb but I want to get one last question in there that it really gets at the heart of what is Michael Stelzner all about what makes Michael tick and the question I want to ask you which admittedly we you know no ahead of time preparation here someday very very far in the future when you're done with all of this entrepreneurial journey that you've been on and you've turned this 21 year journey into a 40 year journey or whatever it ends up being for you and someone and your name comes up in conversation and and you you people are talking about Michael Stelzner and the legacy of Michael Stelzner and what that guy was about what do you want them to say, Michael? What 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 would sum you up? Okay, here's what I want them to say. I want them to say that guy had an impact on my life. That guy, something he said, whether it was on the podcast or on a live show, made a big difference in my life and helped me in some instrumental way. Like maybe helped me become the hero at work or helped me get the um, fire in the belly that I needed to go out and start my own thing. I just want to have a lot of people or even just a few people say that was a guy that 
um, had an instrumental role in my life in some kind of capacity, and he probably doesn't even know it. <laughs> because this Isn't is that, this is what I ahead. hear when I'm at social media marketing world from people randomly coming up to me. I don't need to hear it. I just want to know that it's working. And isn't that a funny thing? Because when we started this podcast half an hour ago, the very first words that came out of your mouth was that you started a business to help writers who are out of a job find work. And now we're ending this podcast with that's what you want your legacy be to be is that you help people. And I will tell you, Michael Stelzer, you've helped me more than you can possibly imagine through the years. I consider you a fantastic friend and I really appreciate the opportunity to bring some of this out for your listeners. I, I hope this podcast itself is helpful to people. And, and I just want to thank you for, for having me on today. And I, I really appreciate the chance to do this. Thank you very much. And folks, if you want to listen to Mark, you got to get his podcast. Mark, tell them where they can find more about you. So uh, I have the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast over at late night internet marketing.com or if that's too much typing just type in late night im.com and you'll find me and i'd love to hear from you come by and say hello and folks i just uh i want to personally publicly thank mark for coming on my show and and uh directing me which is hard to do <laughs> it's a challenge folks it's a challenge <laughs> but thank you man i appreciate you very much for coming on and allowing me to interact with you and hopefully our listeners found some value so thank you again awesome thanks mike have a great day well i hope you found some value in today's interview i tried to deliver the goods and i hope i did uh, if you want to check out any of the notes visit socialmediaexaminer.com/262 a couple things. First of all, I want to give a heartfelt thanks to those of you that listen to this podcast. And if you've been listening from the beginning, thank you so much for being with me on this journey over the last five years. I know that I've grown a lot. I know that I've developed special skills and the ability to extract knowledge from the brains of people. And it's been my extreme pleasure and honor to bring that to you every single week. Uh, if you haven't and you feel so inclined, I would love a review over on iTunes. If you go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes, you can leave a rating and or review if you love this podcast. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week, I promise. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.